Welcome back, everyone. Y'all. Welcome back to the regular regular podcast. Mm, we're back. We're alive. We're you here. Know, we we're, made we it. survived. Ooh, because it was an apocalypse was about to happen. Look, November third, I was worried. <laughs> girl, when I tell you I went grocery shopping early, because I was like, I don't, I don't really know. You have to get bread and like, milk, you girl, have... water and everything, just in case, just in case, just in case just, we we gotta go on political <laughs> unrest <laughs> shutdown. Because I wasn't a real adult back in before the two thousand, so I was just like, I don't know what y'all did I don't, back then, uh, so know, I need to prepare. Let's just. I was like, ooh, let me Uber some food real quick before not y'all Uber shut some food. <laughs> Well, I am your majestic Maya. I'm here. And I am your plain bow. Hey. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? Some being plain is okay. Regular black girls are okay. Right? So look, it's a it's a thing we should all strive for. Excellence I mean, what? that literally what? is in the title of the show. <laughs> 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 and as always, we are two. Tired as hell, but extraordinary black girls trying to live regular, regular lives in this trash ass world. Thank you guys for listening. Again, I don't remember what episode we on. We could be on 10. We could be on a million. You know what? I just showed up. I'm here. <laughs> what did, what did Marshawn Lynch say? <laughs> I, I'm I here, know. so I won't get fined. That's oh. <laughs> also, that's my baby daddy, just in case anybody need clarity. I love him. So. Hey, Marshawn. <laughs> and this is going to be a special episode. We are we have a special guest with us. Oh, Lord, y'all, we got guests. We got guests. Like we're special. Like we somebody, girl. We I may mean, not be regular ridiculous no more. <laughs> I want to introduce you guys to my great friend Emmanuel Brantley. Uh, he and I attended our undergrad, our alma mater, Oglethorpe University together in Atlanta, Georgia. We were just two weird-ass black kids who just happened to become the best of friends. And he is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. Or is it Atlanta? Or is it like, you know, y'all specific about where y'all from? Like, what what hood y'all rep? (laughs) (laughs) I was born in New Haven, Connecticut, which I'm very proud of. I've been in Atlanta, Georgia since I was two, but I refuse to let... Uh, wow. I refuse to not acknowledge New Haven okay. when they speak about Okay, me. rip your yeah. hood. Rip your hood. <laughs> <laughs> but again, he and I met at Oglethorpe University and we became great friends. I Val has met him before. So, you know, awesome friend to have. Uh, he actually, after graduating from Oglethorpe with his accounting degree, he moved to D.C., worked in a couple of different fields there. Until he landed in the politics game and he worked in the defense department and now he works in local politics in the D.C. area. And so he, you know, he's somebody that we wanted to bring on right after the elections to talk about what has happened in the last few weeks. And that's going to be our main topic today. But before we jump into that, I definitely want to check in with you each and see how you're doing. So we'll start with our guests. E, mm-hmm. how are you doing for the last couple of days, whatever the case may be? Well, y'all probably saw in the news, but we had the Proud Boys out in yes. uh, D.C. this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> are you are good? Still out. I'm good. So <laughs> okay. I, I stayed in the house all weekend. I've been eating a lot of food, watching TV, trying to, uh, you know, just stay clear out the way. Uh, I also went grocery shopping before the <laughs> apocalypse was <laughs> supposed to happen. So I got a lot of bottle of water. I'm chipping over canned vegetables. 
all that good stuff. Why but, do why do we always go? It's always water, milk, bread, <laughs> and then you always have canned vegetables that you more than likely wouldn't eat on a regular day. You would never eat them, but you just got yeah. you. <laughs> when was the last time you got carrots and peas, <laughs> canned vegetables? <laughs> but you sure gonna pick up something else when you think the world is about to end, right? Right, right. I can't think of the word, but like it's like the non-perishables protect you yeah, from whatever's yeah. supposed to happen. The more you okay. have. You know, the more protection. I don't yep. know. It's our secret service, I guess, because we don't. You get know, it. we'll make so. something work. You know, we'll as black people, work. we always figure out. Okay, if we, I just add some paprika and a little cilantro, <laughs> lots right. of salt. You right. know, we gonna hey. we gonna make this a thing. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Oh my god. Well, I know it's been crazy up there. A lot of the people that I follow who are in the D.C. area have, you know, been very specific about we're not leaving the house. And I've even seen a couple of uh, famous or politically inclined folks talk about their encounters with the Proud Boys, with Mm. the Trump supporters, with the neo-Nazis that exist up there right now and how it's been very tension heavy in mm-hmm. the area. Oh, child. And it I always said like, I wanted to move to DC. Ah, <laughs> you know, DC's a great place to visit. We got three airports. <laughs> we got three airports. You when know, you look in the grand scheme of things, it's, there's no reason to pay all this money to live here. It says somebody who has been living there for like a better part of a decade now. Wow, you know, it's been five years. Exactly. Wow. And it wasn't, That's I was supposed minute. to be leaving at four. So I'm not sure how we got to this point. I remember. <laughs> and just to give you a little tidbit about Emmanuel, he is somebody whose passport is probably always in his back pocket. If you can find a plane <laughs> to take him out the country, he is definitely going. Right. He also is fluent in Spanish. I think also French, and you were um, working on a couple of other languages too, right? Yes, I have Spanish, studying French, and then I was working on Mandarin because I was hoping that I would get uh, into this program. <laughs> that didn't happen, <laughs> but you know, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> we love it. We love it. Yeah, but we love we love our, our multilingual Black folk. We do. Appreciate it. Yes, yes we do. Okay. Yes, we, do. we speak languages and we travel too. And we have exactly. good experiences when we go abroad. So yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. we absolutely love it. Okay, well, Val, how are you? How is I, everything? So I'm not in the space that E is in. Uh, mine is a little <laughs> bit more shallow, but I am stressed out because um, Beyonce keeps playing with my life. Um, she's dropping another Ivy Park Two uh, collection, and you and didn't I get really... the box either because <laughs> I didn't get the box. Girl, and I, I don't think to get the e, first you didn't get the box neither, did you? No. I didn't get the box. I didn't get the no. box. Okay. It's not, it's not even box. about the box. It's not even about the box. Because I downloaded, when she first dropped a new one, I downloaded the Adidas app. I got there early. I put myself in a cart. I put my card information on there. As soon as the <laughs> countdown went to zero, I went back on the app. The shit said sold out. How? How? How did that happen? Because how? Because how? I, was, I was on there looking at the countdown. And as soon as it hit zero, I clicked pay. So... Did the countdown not work like simultaneously for everybody? <laughs> so, you know, so mine is a little bit more shallow. So I saw that she dropped out another collection. I'm just like, mm, I don't yeah. know if I want you to stress me out this time around, but I'm still going to try again. So, <laughs> I mean, 
that's how I feel. And I'm also, I would like to shout out Beyonce because I truly believe when people complain, she listens. Because last collection, she did not have a plus size section. She did not. And I was very disappointed in that. It's somebody who is fluffy, fat, whatever you want to call it. I'm, you know, I got some girth on me and that's okay. <laughs> and I couldn't rock no Ivy unless, you know, I wanted one titty to be hanging out or, like, you know, <laughs> circulation to be cut off to my legs. And sure enough, Beyonce said, oh, I got something for you. She's and here it. we go. Yeah. So I am extremely proud that, you know, our queen again just proves us dead wrong all the time because mm. i was the first one to be like i can't rip ivy park if i can't fit ivy park and then she was just like bitch just wait it's okay but uh, but then she made it so unattainable oh no she did and that's the other thing we're poor beyonce mm. i don't know if you mm. listen to this i know you got shooters out there i know blue ivy is always well, so you know she, you know she runs listening. the house you know so, she runs the house. so i i just i know that for a fact so if you're listening i appreciate you solving the fat problem Please solve the poor problem. We are yeah. poor. So how much does we, Ivy Park cost? It depends on what you get. Yeah. And I've seen up to 200 on some pieces. Mm. Yeah. Piece. Well, like the joggers and like the shirts are like, I feel like the regular Adidas price is like 50, 60 yeah. bucks. But then mm. it's when you start combining it all together. Yeah. Oh. And then your oh, total yeah. was like 500. You'd be like. <sighs> and that'd be like for one outfit, right? <sighs> yeah. 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 And you're like, so I have to dip into my savings now. Yeah. You got to make wow. decisions. She said, transfer that concert money you was going to spend Look. for them nosebleeds <laughs> and just put that back into Adidas. <laughs> she said, I'm, st- I'm still making money in quarantine. Like, I don't have to perform. I'm She's still just like, don't money. worry, child. Okay? <laughs> what what she said? Me and my babies are going to be all right. Look, I, I, I am putting money Her into Blue Ivy's are already phone. rich. You, that's already literally rich. what she said. We're vintage rich. in the city. I just, Look. Beyonce said, don't worry about me. Worry about yourselves. Collect yourselves, okay? Beyonce, I'm just trying to be a nanny to your kids. Even if I it's just two hours. Blue to yell at me the way that I know she's going you know, to. I thought about that and I figured, you know about You deserve it. You know, like... <laughs> If that little girl comes at you and yells at you, you probably did something wrong. You you probably that's true. That's yeah. Fair. So you who know, am I to blame her? If if Sir and Rumi are just like, so where are my ostrich eggs or where are, you know, my vegan mango kale smoothie pulled mm. from I just I, we have to accept that we were at fault, clearly. Because I didn't know. I didn't know I what didn't that know. was. And that's I didn't know. that's on me. That's on yeah. me. That's fair. That's fair. Speaking That's of fair. Beyonce, <laughs> did y'all see the wonderful Vogue, British Vogue? I saw cover? her. I cover. saw her. Yeah. I need to pick it, it up beautiful. and I need to read it. I heard she admitted that she has a beehive, like an actual she does. beehive. She yeah. actually, because I think, because the kids have, they have allergies. either allergies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pure honey is fantastic for that. But like, what can Beyonce not do besides act? But what can she not Ooh. do? Oh, that was cook. That was a dick. She can't cook. She says she can't cook. Yeah. But I feel like when you're that rich, you got a skill you got to keep up with. You don't have time right. to cook. Yeah. 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 It takes away from making true. money. Yeah. That's true. You know, yeah. I'm gonna say something real petty. Probably tie her shoelace. Huh? I said probably tie her shoelace. She probably you can't what? Do you she right? Probably probably she has never tied her shoelaces in the last. She probably doesn't years. wear shoes with shoelaces. I'm, you know what? Velcro. 
I know them Adidas shoes. She's just like, I don't. What do you do with these strings? Exactly. Why is it unfinished? Because like, her clothes always look shoes. untied. It looks untied. And I'm like, did you do that on purpose or did you no, not she know, how to, know do how to? Look. So if y'all had an Ivy Park outfit right now, if I was to get y'all some boxes and you stuff, where, where hold would y'all wait, wear them? Hold on, where would wait, y'all wear hold on, wait, hold on, wait, hold on, political poppy, hold on. What is, what is... Are you, you know, offering? We're gonna, we gonna sneak into the White House and we're gonna get y'all some. We're gonna sneak into the White House and get those. I bet you, Kamala got a box. You know she does. You know she got a box. I know she, she got went, two boxes. Now I feel like we're going on for the tangent. She got a special box. She does because come when she came out in that cream suit, I say you. I know you spoke to Beyonce because she, she got a cream outfit on Adidas. I know. I know you did. I know she is going to be the presidential drip. That's what Ooh. she got. She got the presidential. That's nice. Drip. She got That's a Madden nice. VP drip. Ooh, nice to and answer your question, just in case you or any of the generous listeners who <laughs> love got, got me, that connection, right? You know, uh, I would love to get. It's a crop top one that she has. It's a, like a kind of crop top sweat. I want that. And then I don't. It's a dress that she has. I have to pull it up. That it, it's really cute, but I have to see how it fits because I need like a girl with a tummy to wear mm. because and also you know who got some titties because beyonce has it to where like it outlines your boobs oh i know boobs, what you're talking about you know my boobs don't always go over the line sometimes they're a little bit <laughs> under a little bit under and i just i need to know what that look like on somebody before i do it oh uh, what's her name the comedian Monique, oh, Monique, she got a yeah, box. She looked good. She looked she look really good, good. She looked really good in it. I was like, all right, Monique. I mean, this ponytail that she is rocking, cute. She looked really good in it. She looked really good. And then also the so, the girl, I don't know if you so saw in case, Halloween, you know, the plus size model. There's a plus size model that. Um, oh, uh, Tabria. She got a box. She got, she got the new collection box. She did. She just, she just did She has to work so. so hard for that box. So hard. Yeah, I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing all that. Wait, but. <laughs> Maya. Yes. Maya. What about you? How are you? <laughs> oh, the, I forgot about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am good. I am the universe is sending lessons and I'm trying to learn them. And, mm. you know, that's sometimes hard because I'm hard headed. So that is going on. But outside of that, I really am just trying to gear up for holiday season. Yeah. Particularly because this is the first time, you know, we're not going to be able to do, do things for the holidays like we normally do. Like Mm -hmm. our family is pretty close knit and, and we're usually at somebody's house. We have a huge gathering. Last year we had a gathering at our house. So, you know, we had like 30, 40 folks in our home at one point, I believe. Mm -hmm. I may be exaggerating. But so this year is going to be a little bit different and trying to figure that out and the new living. And then also there's some things that I'm mentally preparing for for 2021. And I think I got to start that now. I can't wait until New Year's or everybody like New Year, New Me. I got to be like, oh, we got to start. <laughs> I got Let me stretch before. Let me get myself together. But outside of that, I am good. I'm excited. I Happy to be here. Happy to have this conversation. And yeah, that's where I am. You remind me of something. I feel really uh, my heart is going out to the families who normally rely on 
one relative or another to make yep. that to bring that particular yep. dish to dinner. Like somebody's mm-hmm. macaroni and cheese is gonna be real nasty. This oh year. God, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Somebody's turkey is gonna be really dry. And the whole thing is like it's gonna be people who are gonna be experimenting because they're in the right. house and for the last six months they thought that they could cook or like they started Ooh, wow. pulling books out or going online right. and being like because i'm one of right. those people and my and my mother has to side on me because because i'm always like i'm gonna do something fancy that's what right. it is it's not that the cooking is bad it's just like bitch we didn't ask for this last they try to year, do that on the day of right no yeah. last year you know we are a cranberry sauce family but we are a canned cranberry sauce family mm. usually last year I said, let's raise our palates, you know, (laughs) let's, you know. (laughs) And without having prepared cranberry sauce to try it out for a few months, you just went straight for it on Thanksgiving. Because I was just like, I think we can transition. (laughs) I think we can do it. I'm not asking for much. I didn't ask for the turkey to be changed. I didn't do anything to the mashed potatoes, to the desserts. This is a small shift that we can have towards just, you know, a new way of thinking, right? So I made (laughs) fresh cranberry sauce. It had some chilies, some cinnamon, orange zest. It actually was really good. Nobody touched it. They was like, bitch, we didn't ask for this. Really? No, I didn't ask for this. What is this? Cranberry sauce is actually one of my favorite things. I love it. I think that's a good lesson, Maya. You were ready, but were I they was ready. ready. Were they I didn't, ready? Yeah. you know, and the fault was, you know, I didn't prepare. We didn't have a meeting to say we're going yeah, to switch meeting up. Of minds. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we unfortunately did have to get you know a can of cranberry sauce, yeah. which is fine. It's <laughs> fine. You know, it's but okay. You I just slaved over a hot stove for like an hour, but that's okay. You know, I know. But you were a pioneer. And I was a pioneer. Something. I that's challenged. Right. That's my job on this earth. There it's a challenge. Let me push you to greatness. Right. You must uh, go along. And you got to just <laughs> wait for people to catch up. One at a time. Yeah, you're right. One yeah. cranberry at a time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I want this to happen to anybody, but one day when they get cut by the can when they're trying to open it, you know, they're going to say, we want fresh cranberry <laughs> like, sauce. Maybe we should have. Gone with Maybe the fresh we cranberry sauce. fresh cranberry sauce. Right. With the allspice and the nutmeg. Right. So you know the... what you do this year is you hide the can opener. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nah, they may fight. Can't have cranberry sauce. <laughs> they may fight. They, they, they may fight in that house. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't do that. That's, that's, no. It's okay. It's okay. I accept my role as the pusher and the black sheep of this palate, <laughs> of this family's palate. I understand. I'm always challenging them. Don't give up hope. I won't. There you go. just to remind everybody we are on anchor spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and breaker you can follow us on twitter at reg underscore dig pod and instagram at regular degular podcast we also have an email regular degular pod at gmail.com you can send us things let us know what topics you want to hear Give us feedback, whatever the case may be. We are super excited to have you guys join us in this party that we have. And I think with that, we're going to take a quick break. (laughs) And we'll be back.
Hey, you guys, we are back. Brum, 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 brum. Hey. <laughs> Welcome back to the Regular Degular Podcast. And we have, again, our special guest, Emmanuel Brentley from New Haven, Connecticut, <laughs> transplant to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. and then transplant again to D.C. D.C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, yeah. the East Coast is mine. D.C. I always want to. DC needs to go ahead and just become 51st state. You know they're working I just on think that. That's just... a big deal here. <laughs> I know that's always been on the, yeah. the docket. That's a real big deal here. And they're always acting like it's going to happen. <laughs> and, then it never... <laughs> and it never does. <laughs> hey, look, stranger things have happened. You know, they had, uh, or this summer they had like a really big thing. They had more co-sponsors, co-introducers oh, wow. for the bill to really? make it happen than they've ever had before. But. It went to the Republican Senate, and apparently it just sat there. So they're going to try to do it again this coming term, which starts in January. But, you know, it's one of those things that they'll keep fighting for. Yes. Whether or not it happens. That's going to be a very black state. That's going to be a very black state. So you know they used to call D.C. Chocolate City, but now it's kind of like white chocolate city. That's true. And I mean like white chocolate. Like it's not real chocolate. Yeah. It's not real chocolate. (laughs) It's getting increasingly more Yeah, I mean, it's expensive as hell. You can't afford to even be in D.C. You have to live in other You got to live in the surrounding areas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's one thing I think about D.C. is like, I don't believe there's a real middle class for black people in D.C. I feel Mm. like the the black middle class in D.C. lives in in Alexandria and Virginia or around in Maryland. But to be in the city, I feel like you have to live. I don't want to say either it like this. Either poor or rich. Yeah, yeah. You just either poor or rich. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, you're like, well, why There's did no I go to college and get all these student loans? <laughs> right. Get all this money. To then still be right, poor. Right, right. Not to say oh that there God. aren't a few good parts, because there definitely are, but just overall, when you compare it to places like Atlanta, where yeah. I grew up, you know, it's just not it's just not the same, in my opinion. Rents are way too high. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yep. just the nature of the city, you don't get a whole lot of yard space all the time. I ride around different parts of the city. Yeah. If I had a dog here, I'd feel sorry for it. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah that's true. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But it's a great well, city, though. We, it's a great city. It is. It is. It is. Beautiful city. So we are, we brought E along in this journey, in this conversation, because one, neither Val or I are in politics. We don't know nope. this game. You know, nope. we do our duties. We, you know, yes. we <laughs> go vote. We read. <laughs> you know, we shut up when people tell us, hey, this is none of your business. And we're like, <laughs> yeah. you know what? You're right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> but E has taken on the task of going into the political game of working in local politics in D.C. and has worked on actually some major campaigns throughout this presidential election. Uh, and so we wanted to bring him on so we could discuss what has happened as of November 3rd or kind of like November 6th, depending on your leanings. <laughs> and then kind of pick his brain about what the future looks like, you know, from just somebody from our standpoint, mm-hmm. new into the game as young millennials or are we young millennials? Yeah, why not? We are. I don't. Okay. We're the senior millennials. We're not thirty yet. Right. We're. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Because I sometimes feel old. Because I, I saw too. somebody was just like, imagine being alive when Beyonce dropped Freakum Dress. I was like, Wow. What? I was alive. 
You were alive and aware. I was. I was alive yes. and aware when she did that. Are you serious? They used to play it on the radio. Like, and, okay, I remember when you had to like turn the dial to get like not turn the dial. Right. Not to, you know, right? I'm confused. I'm scared because I feel like I'm old. No, but, no. This is okay. Before we get into our topic, this is how you know you're old when. Because it was funny, I was talking to my cousins. They're like, oh, you remember how you used to, like, look up movies? You had to, like, dial and call and be like, hello, this is one of your first I was thinking <laughs> about that. that. <laughs> I was and now they look thinking. at you like, oh, you had to call to figure out what movies were shown? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. Was the that was a thing. That was a thing. I loved we it. Did that. I I actually miss it. I think you should. I think we should still have that line open for people mm-hmm. to call because, you know... It should be I mean, part of your punishment as a child. You want to go to the movie so bad? Sit on this phone for the next five minutes and no, find out what you, time. You have to wait for the movie that you needed to hear. You're like, and don't miss movie. it. Not because now movie. you got to sit on the phone for a whole day. That's funny. Oh, my God. I didn't hear. Did they say 7.10 or 7.30? Right. Yeah. So you know something? <laughs> I never had the pleasure of sitting on the phone and waiting because I never got to choose the movie. Oh, so well, you know like, what? This is that's the time fair. that we're going to the movie. Let's get dressed. That's fair. <laughs> and you this know is what, what we're that's going fair. to see. And I also that's live fair. really close that's to the movie theater, so we we just rolled up. Just hopped it was in. Like, well, it was like right we, out. It was like really close. I never got to see when I was younger. I don't recall getting to see movies like when they first came out. Mm. Like when they first came out. Because we always oh. went to the $2 <laughs> movie theater. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so like that was like at least three or four months after the movie after, dropped. Yeah, like you like... Man, I just saw that new Power Ranger movie. He was like, bitch, that's been out for about six months. Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> Can I share a grievance as a 90s baby real quick? Go I'm going to throw okay. my mama under the bus real quick, even though I love her. She's my angel. So I remember... Yes, she is. <laughs> for the youngins who might be listening, there's a movie called When Stella Got Her Groove Back. came out before you were born. Oh, yes. yes. I remember my mama wanting to see that movie so bad, but apparently I was too little to see what was going on. So I remember having to sit in the theater with her hands over my eyes. <laughs> oh my god! And I'm like, how long is this movie? <laughs> but she, for whatever reason, I don't know where my brother or my dad was, but I just had to go to the movies with her because she was not going to not see it. So oh I just had god. to adjust. So she paid for a ticket so she could you know sit what? there and that's cover fair. my eyes. That's you know what you're thinking. Power to your mom. That's some strong arm strength right there to uh-huh. keep that up to that like... whole movie. You know what I'm saying? That whole movie. That's a and long, you hear everybody laughing. <laughs> you know, and you then can't you know, see you're nothing. Like, right. <laughs> you can't see nothing. I haven't recovered from that. I still uh, remember that. That reminds me of when I was younger and I was, I think I had just turned 13 or, or some age where you don't get the child's, mm. uh, oh. the child's pay. Right. And my uncle took me to the movies with his girlfriend at the time. And then he was just like, <laughs> They were sitting there and they were just like, how old is she? And they were like, he was like 12. <laughs> and I looked at him. I was like, oh, and he was like, shh, shut the fuck up. Oh, man. And they looked at me and they were like, she is not no 12. But he was just like, she's 12. So what you going to do? Can't call her. She ain't got no ID. You know, that's true. That's true. I mean, honestly, what's so, so different between a 12 and a 13 year old that they got to charge all that Nothing. extra money? Nothing. 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 Nothing.
Yeah. No, they, they scare do. Me they because do. they are very like, it's either, you know, you're a weird introvert kid who sits there and learns how to code off of YouTube mm-hmm. or like you've already <laughs> bought like your first house at 13. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know right. what is going on, but we got to stop. Like these babies shouldn't be landowners. They don't know. <laughs> look, look, being a teenager nowadays, I like my heart goes out to them because I couldn't do it. I like my concerns back then were not these. Like I'm not over here trying to no. be an Instagram yeah. model. I'm not over no. here trying to buy my own house right. and be debt free. Why do you have even that? bullying though? Like our bullying kind of stopped when we got off the school bus and into our house. You know, right. it continues and you, you picked it back it up continues. when you walked into the school build, or, or when you got back on the school bus the next morning. The right. Today just it's goes just 24, 24 hours. hours a day, seven days a week. So I can't imagine what these it, kids it's go wild. through. Oh, I, I couldn't yeah. do it. I could not do it. Or having a child article... in its oh, age God, no. to have to defend, no. you know, that'd be a lot. No, oh, God, no. I saw an article where it was this young girl. She was 16 and she apparently like had bought her first house and was wow. planning on buying another one in the next year. And I just can't imagine... Like at sixteen, you're like you're worried about prom and whether that dude is right. gonna text you back and like you know that girl who want to fight you off the bus, whatever your grades. Can you imagine you missing prom because you got to be a land of <laughs> a renter <laughs> and you got to go collect or got to go kick people out? Right. Or, <laughs> you going to prom, but- Keisha? No, I gotta go and watch over the maintenance man. <laughs> You know, because you got to go and check on this house. Like, that's too much. Because, honestly, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, I'm proud of you for doing that because that's amazing. But then, like, what what are you going to do yeah. when you're 30? Like, at that point, you've lived life. So what you, more I mean, you've done you everything. Do? You've played Exactly. Yeah. You're going you're to be bored. You're going to be bored. There's nothing where you do. They're just going to be rich and pass it on to their kids. Well, I mean. Yeah, I guess. Money that's management. Cute. We know plenty of people I mean, who get yeah. money. And by the time that they're 35, mm. so. Right. Anyway, let's get back to the topic. I'm sorry for the tangent. But, so, we'll just start with here. So, November 3rd has come and gone. We Mm -hmm. have formally, every news place has called it, announced that our new president-elect is Joe Biden. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. If you didn't realize that this was a very liberal (laughs) podcast, well, let me remind you. We go up for Joe Biden. We go up for Kamala Harris. Up, 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 <laughs> like, don't, don't, don't get it twisted. So, mm-hmm. praise Jehovah. Joe Biden should be our formal president come January. Yes. There has been lots of discrepancies and arguments and marches and celebrations in the meantime since then. And... I just want to kind of get you guys feelings because we, you know, love to acknowledge our feelings around here. How are you guys feeling about this election and what has happened since then? So we'll start with E. Mm -hmm. Well, I was really nervous that we were going to have, we were going to see what we saw the last time in 2016 when a lot of my dear friends who were just so uh, anti-Hillary refused to even accept the fact that she was just the nominee. And they still like wrote in maybe Bernie Sanders name or or oh voted for someone else. And without understanding why the Electoral College works, you mm-hmm. go ahead and have a write in vote thinking it means something when it really doesn't. Because you didn't organize for enough <laughs> electoral votes, you know, in the states to 
for your writer to oh mean anything. Yes. So yep. mm-hmm. I was hoping that this year, and rightfully so, but one of my grievances, I feel like, I think Black people have uh, unique issues. And I think like Hispanics and Latinos, and you know, they have unique mm-hmm. issues as well. But I think that in reality, in the real world, you have to be able to juggle more than one thing. And you have to juggle mm-hmm. the fact that you are Black or Hispanic, but you also have to juggle the fact that you still are an American, even though the country kind of shits on us, you still have to consider what is ultimately best for the country to the extent that if certain things like, you know, defense or the economy and things don't go well, it can impact you in some way. So I think if, you know, mm-hmm. more folks that are minorities would see themselves as Americans and maybe adopt interest in some of the larger problems that would have made it a little easier to elect Hillary back in 2016 than, you know, than to just yeah. let Trump kind of slide in there. But I was happy that this year we, uh, yeah, it came out, it came out the way I think it should have came yeah. out. Yeah. That's a great yeah, I, point. Go ahead. I was going to say, I agree with that. And I was very happy to see the end result, but I was also still surprised at still the large percentage of people that voted God, the opposite yes. way. So even though he is the president-elect and this is who you know we're going with, but it's still a little bit disheartening to understand mm-hmm. that folks still, like, in, in my opinion, I still... I thought it was a very close race. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. there was still a very viable chance that <laughs> that Trump still could have got it. Like, there's yeah. still a very viable right. chance. And I think that is a very interest. I know for me, it's an interesting topic to have to say, what is it that you still see in this man mm-hmm. that justifies yep. your motives and your actions to think yep. that these are right behaviors to have? But when I'm very, I'm very happy for Joe. Joe, don't run on stage no more. <laughs> he lost wind when you. Okay. I was scared. I was like, Joe, don't fall. I thought he was gonna trip. I actually did. Okay. I was like, Joe, just walk. We we ain't going right. nowhere. Just and walk. And he had tripped and they said he can't do the job now because you know that would have been a problem. So they need to take I, care like, of him. They don't need to let him do that. They just <laughs> roll like, Joe out up until right. he, you know he gotta walk. Joe yeah, needs to be protected. Yeah, he really like, who, does. Who was doing this for you? Like we need carpet to be shag carpeting that's like yeah. three inches thick, just in case. Right. Like we need all of that. <laughs> I need him walking around in the bubble, so coronavirus yeah. can yes. get in. I, you know. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yes. Extra vitamins. Honest, him and Madam VP need to be safe. His, his... Right. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was a beautiful scene. Yes. Because them knees, them knees be hurting. It was honestly a beautiful scene to see him. And it's funny because I always have to remember how to pronounce her name correctly because somebody told me it's like Kama yeah. and then La. <laughs> yep. Kamala. It was beautiful to see both of them on stage. Her her speech was amazing. It was beautiful. It's extremely touching. His speech was, and it's funny because some of my friends and I were having a conversation of like, it's been so long to see somebody normal mm-hmm. and to see somebody who isn't problematic, who doesn't spew hate, uh-huh. who is a professional human being come up and speak. And you'd be like, oh, sh- oh man, like we actually didn't have this. Right. <laughs> no, like, right. But like the past couple of years, it's like wild to like see a huge contract and be like, oh, wait, was, was I in an abusive relationship? Like, <laughs> <laughs> is this what love looks like? Oh, you know? And you're afraid. And you're, you're afraid like, of what this, is, right? Like, it doesn't feel what you're used to. You, you, you think it's weird. Right. You're just like, nah, that's, Joe, you shouldn't, why are you talking like this? <laughs> What's going on? Shouldn't you That's be flipping people off and calling people idiots? You know what, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was I was sitting on the couch like, am I the problem in this relationship? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, Maybe I was asking it, it, for it, too much. <laughs> look, 
look, my standards have they've gone up now. But um, it was a beautiful thing to see that. I'm super happy that they got yeah. it and they were elected. But I still think we do have an uphill battle because, yeah. I mean, we still have a baby in the White House because he is pulling God, a tantrum. God, yeah. God, yeah. A tantrum. But that, that, that was my that was my feeling when, when I heard the news. What about yours, Maya? So I think I had mixed emotions. I am very excited to see Joe in the office and to see somebody who has some type of competency to be a president. I think I've always felt it's super important that if you are going to ask for a job, that you are able to do that job and Mm -hmm. to have a president who asked to be something, knowing he was so highly unqualified Mm -hmm. to be that thing, I think is you know, the book stopped there immediately for me. Right. You know, a man who, to my knowledge, doesn't have a law degree, who mm-hmm. has never, he has never been in a political role a day in his life. Never ran uh, for office. And he yeah. never ran no, yeah. for office, Nothing. never did anything to earn this position. And I think it's very important. You have to earn to be be the president of the United States. And it felt like we were giving him this role because we were just, we're tired of smart people telling us what to do. That just felt like Uh horrible. So I'm very excited to have somebody who would take this job seriously. I think I sort of got caught up, the other emotions I was feeling, I sort of got caught up in the social media kind of hyper- sensitivity to what being a president truly is and Mm. how this role is something that regardless of what you do it's a it's a problematic role in the first place we have done so much in this country and we have done so much outside of this country as a government entity that is problematic and that really needs to be addressed. And lots of people brought up lots of records between Kamala and some of the things that she has done as, um, what's her role? in um, she was attorney general. Yes. As well as, you know, Joe Biden and his background. They even brought up Obama and some of the atrocities or things that they have noted as atrocities that he has done while he was in the White House. And so I think part of my struggle was how do we go about making a difference if we're not challenging it is again as i noted earlier we're not challenging the status quo of what we look at is like a democratic party or a government totally like joe biden was not my first (laughs) choice i was i was very much a warren fan Mm -hmm. because she spoke to me and she felt very progressive uh and aligned with the ideas that i I have. And so while I was going to vote for whoever was on the Democratic Party, regardless, there was apathy of going to the polls and doing that. And I think that is something that is hard for us to want to acknowledge because it feels like we it feels like you give up a little bit like you're just like, I'm just going to accept whatever is coming out the bag because we were in such a strong place. But at the same time, you know. I think this election proved that we have a lot of power if we choose to make things happen. Like if we as a country pull together and decide that we want something different and particularly people of color, black people, indigenous people, 
came out in in droves and changed what the world what our government is going to look like what our world is going to look like for the next four years and so i think it's a mix of those two things uh and just how you have to balance that out because you there's no way we are going to become the socialist country that i would love to see (laughs) because of who i am but there Mm -hmm. but it takes baby steps it takes us right being willing to give and take and i think that insight of um, what you just said earlier of at the end of the day, when you look at like either Obama and some of the things that he did while he was in office, when you mm-hmm. look at Biden and when he was in, uh, and like the things that he had voted prior when he was in the Senate and all that good stuff. At the end of the day, I always think that these are people at the end of the day and these mm-hmm. are not, we put our hands in such an arbitrary thing. Because again, I believe what the the, re- the requirements to run for, for president and all that good stuff is what you got to be 39 and older and a U.S. citizen. Yeah. That's very um, that, that's, that's, that's very broad. Yeah, I think <laughs> very, it's like even thirty five. Yeah, like look, like mm, in a few years, we technically could run, right? right? <laughs> like it, it's very broad. So again, you're, you're putting these, and I guess I mean most of the people, apart yep. from the previous one that we just had, most of the people that go for office and do all that, they have like a background. They they've done things prior, but at the end of the day, these are individuals that they're mm-hmm. gonna do things that either we don't agree with we don't think it's right we don't think it's mm-hmm. fair and i do think even as joe is not a president that does not mean our foot is off your neck like yes. at the end of the day you still need to keep up with yes. everything that you said i'm super happy that you're there but i'm still going to hold you accountable just like we did trump like that doesn't yep. change but then i also have to understand that at the end of the day he is a man and there are choices that come with how he's going to run how he's going to manage and some of the things that happen and for some of those things, I'm not going to agree with, and I'm going to think it's probably wrong that he's doing yeah. it that way. And there's something that I will agree with, but I mean, I'm not in those shoes because I know if, if I was president, hell, I can't make decisions on lunch sometimes. How <laughs> can I make decisions on Half whether or not we go, are going to send whole convoys of soldiers to Afghanistan right. or right. to help out in North Africa or to do these things that we want to do. Like I can't make that. I couldn't uh, have imagine. Time, right. Have the time me and my partner go hungry on Fridays. So I'm like, you know what you want to eat? <laughs> nah. I guess we well, not. I guess we not have dinner. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> we gonna have popcorn and cereal that I guess. Like, you I know? know. So I can't even imagine being given three envelopes because I'm in my mind, I'm thinking the right the White House runs like scandal. So I'm it like, does. all right, so you're going to get three envelopes. Exactly right. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's a dead body going to show up. Like, well, you know. I'm, I'm sitting like, here like, these are your options. Like, you don't have to read it. Just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I do think you bring up a really great point. But I also do think that I want folks, whether you're on the Trump side, whether you're on the Biden side, just because he is elected and he is going to be our president does not mean that the accountability changes. No. The accountability stays the same. He still it, needs to do what is expected. In fact, I think it's going to be even a, a heightened level of accountability mm-hmm. uh, because of the issues and the structures that have gone on in the last few years. Like, there's no way that we are... This presidency showed us one thing that was very clear. There has to be a stronger check and balance for who we elect as president and then what they can do. And I mean, for a really long time, you assumed that there was just this balance and lots of conversations. But this showed us that we had a president who was just going around telling people, 
you're going to do it. And nobody challenging that. And then mm-hmm. the people feeling like we didn't have the power to say, no, we, you can't do that. So I think that's really important. E, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't want to leave you out the conversation. We are chatty Cathy, so we will chat. <laughs> no, I agree with um, the whole thought that like we can't really take our foot off anybody's neck. I think the conversation, and this is just something I learned recently from my work experience, but state and local government is so, so, so important. And yes. people don't, it's not sexy, right? People always want to talk about who's running yes. for president or even maybe who's running for governor or mayor, but city council or county commissioner or other statewide yep. positions that you know people may get appointed to once the governor comes in office, people don't really talk about those or, or look at them until there's a scandal or something on the news. So in terms of like even staying engaged, I think we have to start to do better at figuring out how we get engaged and how we remain That's engaged. True. And we have to demand more from the people who are in office. And the only way to really do that is to kind of get out there in front of them when they're running for office and keep yeah. following them once they're elected. I think we too often, especially our, well, I can't say that minority groups are, are guilty of this because a lot of minorities are out there advocating, but I feel like more often than not, you see that it's easier for maybe white communities to get involved and stay involved because they have the types of jobs or resources that allow them to adjust their lives in a way that they can be mm-hmm. present, you know, three different places. They can easily take off a day or move some hours so they can go to this meeting or that meeting or hold a meeting. Yep. Whereas you don't really see yep. that in minority communities a whole lot. So it's it's a lot of systemic yeah. issues that show up, right. you know. Yeah. You know, when you don't have a state or a city that creates like an election day where everybody yeah. is allowed to take off, like it becomes a national right. holiday, you know, somebody holiday. in corporate America like myself, it's okay for me to take off. It's easy for me to do that yeah. and justify it because of, I guess, the level of expectancy. But somebody who's working a warehouse job, a teacher, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a yeah. a daycare. Of you're working in food services. Mm-hmm. You know, those people don't get that luxury right. that certain other privileged people have, right. and so right. that takes away from them being able to even voice their own concerns right. Right. or to go to the polls to to make a change like they would want to see. Right. So I totally yeah. agree with that. I was very surprised. East, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was actually going to ask you a question. Since you brought up like the local um, governments and all of that good stuff aspect, can you tell our audience why is it like, what is the importance of that? Because I feel like as citizens, as people, we've only focused on who's going to be our president and focus on making sure that we go out and vote for that. But I don't think there's been a lot. I mean, I think now there is, but prior there hasn't been a lot of focus as to who you're local um, individuals or who your local candidates are and why that is important and the power that they own that really affects like from a presidency standpoint the policies that go up so can you give us some insight so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to oversimplify it a little bit so take it a little (laughs) bit with a grain of salt but i'm gonna try to like oversimplify it but most people when they think about government or politicians people are self-interested right we are only voting for you because you're gonna make our lives better and you're going to make lives better for the people that we love and whose life we want to be better, Mm -hmm. right? So that's really all I want. You get my vote and you're supposed to do something for me and mine, right? I I vote for you, you take Mm -hmm. care of me and mine. So in terms of the president, it's a national office, right? The president doesn't really, and like I said, I'm oversimplifying it, so take it with a grain of salt, but the president doesn't really necessarily impact your day-to-day life. 
the president isn't necessarily responsible yeah. for making sure that your kids get a good education or necessarily for making sure that your work conditions are good or for making sure that you have like clean water, right? The president is really working at a high level, at a national level. They're making sure that we're looking good on the world stage. You know, our trade policies are good, that nationally there's a good climate for, you know, justice and things like that. So they're just working at such a high level. Us being local folks who are really in the weeds, the people who have direct impact over the things that we care about. So whether it's um, leaf collection, if you're a homeowner, or whether it's the way that, you know, that cousin of yours is being treated um, while they're incarcerated for all these years, um, provided that it's not maybe a federal penitentiary or the public schools that your kids go to, working to, you know, have economic development in a particular area so that better grocery stores will come or more, or so that you have more amenities. Those are things literally that your local governments are directly there for. So when you think about like a presidency, they're working on things like diplomacy, like I mentioned, yeah. how we work together, like how Maya mentioned, sending convoys of soldiers over to Afghanistan or, or trying to make sure that regional coalitions are still in place so that way there's stability in one piece of the world. Because if ISIS were to take over all of you know the Middle East and Europe, guess where they're going to come take over next? And I don't know about y'all, but yeah. I've attempted to study Arabic and that was hard. If ISIS were to take over the United States <laughs> and tell me that I can't speak English... Look, baby, we barely making it Spanish, we, making it in Spanish, and they right. are rolling cousins, okay? We barely making English. Right. So the presidency is, um, yes, you know, they are who we look to, and they set the tones, and they even, mm-hmm. you know, set some tones for the governors, but it's so important to not forget that there's this layer in between, right? You don't necessarily... Um, it's almost like jumping floors. If you're on the first floor of the building, if you're on the fifth floor of the building and you're trying to get down to the first floor... You're not going to jump off, <laughs> you know, the fifth floor yeah. onto the <laughs> no. first floor. And I feel like right. that's the approach yeah. that people take with there government. Yeah, they go straight from the, you know, from the fifth floor where they are to they want to get to the first floor where the president is. And they just jump. They pass in governors. They pass in county commissioners. Like your problem really probably could have been solved three floors ago. Had you just took the yep. stairs down and worked your way through the process. But no, you just wanted to jump. <laughs> now your legs are broken. You can't. <laughs> advocate for yourself no your eyes are that, you know you can't see straight like you know you don't fail five floors <laughs> and you're trying to figure out why you can't get nothing done so that's really the how i feel like people have been approaching government and yeah and perhaps there are powers that don't want us to know that all of this is important yeah um but it's so important that's really great that you're saying that because there were lots of actual laws that were up uh, you know, laws as well as important roles mm-hmm. that were up for election this past election. Yeah. And for example, Mississippi, which is a very red state, mm-hmm. actually just legalized medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. And really? that's really interesting. Yeah, they did. That's really interesting being just how progressive you kind of have to be or accepting of certain things that you have to be, despite the fact that they... Overall, elected for Trump. Overall, I mm-hmm. say because if you look at the electoral electro, yeah, I can speak. I have a message. <laughs> I promise y'all. <laughs> but if you look at the electoral college breakdown, yeah. there was a large chunk of blue Mississippi, uh, very mm-hmm. large chunks. But because of lots of other things like gerrymandering and lots of you know things that happen. But anyway, but I bring that up to say. I think there 
is progression that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you can see progress happening, maybe not at the presidential election, but perhaps at local levels Mm -hmm. where you're seeing people make adjustments and change and really see what they're doing. I think, was it Oregon? Oregon just approved that they would decriminalize Not just marijuana, but heroin and other things. And I mean, from a personal standpoint, like nobody wants to sit here and say like, you know, do heroin. That's great. But from a social standpoint, we understand the impacts that come with when you start to criminalize things that may not be criminal acts, Mm -hmm. but necessarily Mm -hmm. like social issues. like. Lots of the argument has always been decriminalizing drugs is not to let drug users just be running rampant, right. but it's saying we're going to put those energies and efforts and resources into places where they can actually receive the help that they need to overcome right. the addiction or the issues that exist, right. Uh, right. like in social services, uh, in rehab facilities. Those sorts of things are what you're starting to see across. I mean, hell. Georgia turned blue for the first time in 28 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. Texas literally was like, that was there. They were very close. We working on it. We working on it. You know, (laughs) and that's the world that we're starting to see. I don't know. Like, how do you like, again, to your point about local, uh, local politics, like, is that the feeling that you're getting? Are you seeing that progression is taking place, but it's just kind of in smaller steps that aren't being highlighted, you know, in the 24 hour news cycle that exists? Right. Honestly, I feel like everybody wants the same thing. And even Mm -hmm. um, so in a way, this is me trying to be a fake philosopher. (laughs) (laughs) But one day I feel like we're just going to become a big purple country and there maybe won't be a need for red and blue because we really all. I want the same things. I think the biggest issue is that um, we just don't spend enough time talking to each other to realize that. Yeah. I have white friends from college, but by and large, the majority of the people that I consistently talk to are few white people, but most of them are black. Yeah. And we're all the same. Black is diverse, right? But a lot of Mm -hmm. them are the same type of black that I am. And I mean that maybe we come from similar social or economic backgrounds. So I think that um, we just don't spend enough time really understanding each other. So I think because of social media in a way has allowed the younger generations to start to understand things that are affecting, you know, they've allowed the black kids to understand some of the issues that their white peers may be having, even though they, white folks' life seem to be perfect. And then for now white folks maybe can't ignore the issues that minorities mm-hmm. are facing. So I think that um, what's happening is the younger people are starting to get, you know, the younger people are turning 18. You know, we're getting close to 30. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the younger folks are starting to turn 18 Ooh, and 22. <laughs> Um, they're voting, they care. And I've seen a lot of the things on social media, y'all probably have too, where young white kids are kind of yelling at their parents, telling them you can't be racist. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's what's happening. Yeah. I saw the TikTok of one girl, she got kicked out because she told her parents the day of election that she voted for Biden instead Mm -hmm. of Trump. And like, she's literally like walking down the street because like her parents kicked her (laughs) out. And I just can't imagine. It's unbelievable, right? That. And how much social media played in this election, I think, was also riveting and scary in itself. Because, I mean, TikTok users, 
impacted even the rallies. I remember when that came out Mm. where like they were saying that they had hundreds of thousands of people coming out to Trump's rally only to find out that a bunch of TikTok users and a bunch of, I think, K-pop stands. Yeah. They signed up for the tickets and then Mm -hmm. didn't show up, obviously, to take up space. But like, it's such a ingenious way of protesting in the midst of using the tools that these kids have grown up with. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, social media and then social media also playing a role in the idea of being the part of the responsible communicators of this. Because I know that there have been times where I've gotten more news from social media than I have gotten from my local or national news uh, mm. station. Yeah, you get it a lot faster. And- I remember, I can't remember exactly what the clip was, but it was during the summer protests after uh, George Floyd had, you mm-hmm. know, gone to rest. Uh, but I saw a clip like, it had been posted maybe three hours ago, and it wasn't until three days later <laughs> that I saw that, like, on ABC, you know, nightly news. news. Mm, <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, wow, this is, you know, showing you just how our parents and grandparents got news. It was so slow. Yeah. <laughs> now you get everything. Yeah. Or even or even Twitter rolling out right before the election. Twitter yeah. has uh, verbiage that if you are talking about politics, it automatically... Mm-hmm. Uh, notes if something is related to the election and even Mm -hmm. the president's tweets have been flagged as fraud or fraudulent information and even them requiring now or not requiring but giving like popping up and saying hey this is an article you're about to retweet or respond to did you click the link and it brings up every single time not just the first Instagram did that too yeah and how and and I think that's re- very interesting. Yeah. As it's, it has to be because with the news cycle having to be 24 hours, like it is always on. They're always trying to find something. And so you can pull apart certain things right. so easily just for the sake of having to fill space and time, mm-hmm. right? And so now social media understanding its influence yeah. and how it drives people, right. the way that they live, right. I think it was... It's much better. I have to tell y'all a grievance that I had with social media this summer, though. It was making me really upset. And this was one of those conversations where people were about to pull my black card. But I said that I I am so blackity black that I am willing to risk y'all canceling me to say this because it's important. Yeah. I, uh, I understand the sentiments behind. And I always try to preface with this, not to say that, you know, you try not to sound arrogant or anything, but, you know, I've been out of school for five years now. Uh, I did uh, two years in the Defense Department and then three years in local government. So that is five budgets. That is five years worth of government budgets that I have looked through. Mm -hmm. The defense budget twice, you know, and then the local government budget three times. So I try to say that first so it makes it not seem like I'm just coming left field. Right. But I was telling people, I was like, y'all saying defund the police, the rhetoric is going to not actually allow you to achieve what you want to achieve. And I was saying, please, let's be a little more nuanced in the conversation. And I told them, I said, I promise you, y'all claiming to, I understand what you want, but as someone who has been around this for five times, Mm -hmm. I felt the need to keep throwing that in there because I felt like I was arguing with people and getting canceled. But I said, you just simply, quote unquote, I told them, I said, I literally worked 
in this like you can we can act like we're going to take money away during the budget season because yeah. it's hot and your eyes are watching yeah. and y'all gonna think i'm crazy but i can quote unquote take a million dollars away from the police department and then all the advocates will say okay we took a million dollars it doesn't away. stop it it don't no. because i can put mm-hmm. that same million dollars into the transportation department and direct it to only be used by yeah. the police so yeah. i quote unquote mm. defunded the police department <laughs> But the transportation yeah. department done went up by a million dollars and the police have touched that money. But do you think we put that on the news? <laughs> do you think we're no. talking about... And that's what I'm telling them. I'm like, so, I mean, and that's an oversimplification, right? But I'm telling them, like, that's how it works. <laughs> so y'all that, need to be a little that, more nuanced <laughs> about it. That's so really <laughs> interesting. I was actually going to say, let, let's go into that a little bit broader. Yeah. But I'm curious to know, like, if you're talking about, let's refocus this rhetoric and, like, maybe use a uh, different yeah. language. Talk about that a little bit more. What do you mean by that? So this is the type of stuff that will probably get me fired, but it's okay because I don't want to run for office any day. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, we can, we can edit it. You know, right, we, can you know, we can bleep some stuff <laughs> right. out, you know, whatever we need. Right. But, um, <laughs> so, you know, like, I think it's majority of the people that you see when they're saying defund the police, it's either black people or Latino people who've been oppressed so long that they're tired mm-hmm. um but part of the oppression is also that there's a lack of education behind how mm-hmm. the systems really work so then you also have on the other hand the white people who are saying defund the police and a lot of them not all of them but a lot of them are only saying it because they feel for us so even they lack yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit of education about maybe how things work but just because they don't care and it doesn't affect them and they don't have to know how right but because they're our friends quote-unquote um, or our allies, they are trying to latch on to us. So the conversations around the funding, like I said, you can, I'll give you all an example. For example, police departments over time. So the police that were on George Floyd's neck, it was like two or three of them, I think. Apparently they were on overtime. So had there been mm-hmm. different regulations around overtime, those officers may not have been present. So wow, that is kind of an issue of funding, but that's more so an issue of regulation, right? Because if there were punishments and procedures in place, and I'll tell you yeah. why the the funding in that particular case is not so important because an example in DC, and this is, I think, uh, I'm going to speak lightly about this because I don't have all the details, but yeah. our mm-hmm. police department in DC, for example, we literally just, uh, and it's on Twitter, this is public, so I'm not like putting anything out there that isn't already known to anybody that pays attention, right. But in DC, I'm not gonna say we, but they (laughs) (laughs) literally took, it was either 40 or $45 million from various agencies and they took it and put that money back into the police department. This is after the budget Mm. has already been passed defunding the police department. We literally went back and reprogrammed, it's called reprogramming, I'm sure other jurisdictions have other terms, but we reprogrammed 40 or 45 million from I think one was like the Child Family Services Agency. So that's the mm-hmm. foster care, all of that. Wow. Another one was like transportation and environment, I think it was. But basically, we took 40 or 45 million after the budget has been passed, right? So everybody hollered about defunding the police, which I understand and I'm with y'all. But now we've defunded the police and y'all are quiet. <laughs> y'all have gone home. Mm-hmm. Y'all are no longer watching. Yeah. And if it wasn't for this mm-hmm. one particular council member who was just so social justice ready, Nobody would have maybe sounded the alarm about this $45 million having been reprogrammed yeah. after the police have already, yeah. quote unquote, been defunded. 
And I just want to add like one thing to say that the reason this 40 some million dollars had to be reprogrammed was because, you know, throughout the summer, we had a lot of protests and things. The police were kind of dispersed throughout and they had a lot of overtime trying to, you know, trying to help keep the peace or whatever you may say the police were out there doing over the summer. But, you know, the point was there was a lot going on. The police had to be out there and they basically ran up, you know, this 40 some million dollar tab before anybody knew about it. So that money has to be reprogrammed and gone back there to make up for that expense. And that's, you know, obviously not something that happens all the time. We don't have big summer protests like we did every year. But that just goes to show that it is possible that some unforeseen circumstances can change and more money can be pumped into an organization even after the budget's been cut. Um, That's not unusual for, you know, a budget to be approved at one level and then for the actual budget at the end of the year to look totally different because perhaps you had to spend more or less money, right? So keeping that in mind, keeping that at the front of your mind will automatically make those who are advocating not stop at defunding, but continue on and say, not only are we going to defund, but we're also going to push for policy changes. And people have been doing that, so I want to give them credit, but I think that there needs to be greater emphasis on that as well. I think that we hear a lot about defunding, which is cool, but I want to hear just as much or maybe a little more even about the actual policies and regulations being changed and developed as well. And I was telling people, or I was trying to attempt in the conversations that I was having with friends and things, y'all saying defund, defund isn't accomplishing what you want. I was like, we need to be attacking union contracts and regulations and how we interact with our police department because in a way they are autonomous and kind of not, but right. But those are the conversations that we need to be having. Those are things we need to start looking into. So I actually said one of the things I want to do when I am blessed to leave government, because it's a thankless profession. (laughs) You work a lot of hours and you will never get a $30,000 bonus like they do over at certain companies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things that I want to do is I really want to start like a little coalition where basically what I'm saying can be said to other people in their, you know, respective cities and states, but presented it in a way where we won't get our black cards revoked. (laughs) But I think what I'm hearing you say is that for a lot of us who haven't been in a position like yourself or really done our research, we're believing that there's a simple solution right. to how this works right. and it's a way mm-hmm. more systematic issue exactly that needs to be addressed exactly. like that right. what you're seeing is a reflection of the police is really right. just the tip of the iceberg yeah. of a government that's set up to not necessarily meet the expectations of the people that it's trying to serve yeah in a way i would right. say like the police are even more so than the problem, it's really a symptom of the problem. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. It's the acne right. of the fact that you're eating fried chicken right, every day. Right. Everyone's right? talking right. about that pimple. Right. Not to compare. Yeah, everyone's Not to exactly. compare, but it's really just showing up of the sickness of our government, right? right? There are ways that are not happening, right. that are not being used to properly meet the expectations right. because... I'm one of those people who has said defund the police, yeah. right? Like, cause I think that I, before this conversation, thought that that was the solution to an yeah. overall problem. Yeah. But what it sounds like, what we need to say is we need to regulate how funding is 
done yeah. towards police right. departments yeah. because yeah. that Funding is not meet right. the way that it's handing. Yeah. Yeah, right. we need to regulate the laws and the rules around how these sorts right. of things are happening. And not just, right. I think it's important to not just say defund these problematic things within the government, but also mm-hmm. fund the things that are intentionally, are there to intentionally help the people. Right. And right. then also manage mm-hmm. what is going on within those organizations as yeah. well. Because we've seen plenty of places that, the intentions are supposed to be good, right? but mm-hmm. what happens is greed, corruption, resources, yeah. right. access to resources change the entities that exist right. there. And right. it, it right. causes a lot I'll more give you problems an than it does. Like solve. a lot of people are saying, which is a good thing, but they want, you know, mental health services to be a part mm-hmm. of policing and a part of criminal justice. So if you arrest mm-hmm. somebody and you take them to jail and you have a psychiatrist, I'll say quote unquote, you know, the psychiatrist is behind the bars mm-hmm. with the inmates talking to them. Well, you put that psychiatrist there, you've actually increased funding in the police department. So yep. as somebody who yep. has to work with this every day, <laughs> I was just really mm-hmm. trying to get people to have, you know, more nuanced conversations about the process. And even when you think about like the fact that like even the people who are advocating for this, they have identities, mm-hmm. right? They could be a mom or a dad, you know, a brother or sister. Yeah. They could be a chef. They have all right. these other things that Basically, I'm saying like the time that they have to advocate for these types of things is limited because they have all these other areas of their yeah. life. And doing this advocacy is probably yeah. stressing them because it's this extra. You got to take care of your family. Yeah. Now you got to get here and fight for your community so that way you can have a better life for all yeah. the people around you. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just to kind of get them to take that little time that they're advocating to be more intentional about it and to um, more so than worry about the funding. Let's worry about the openness, the transparency, the accountability, because we've still seen on the news since a lot of police departments have been defunded since the summer. But we've still also seen since the summer, people have also gotten killed by police. Right. So if funding was the issue, (laughs) then that should be maybe not happening as as frequently as it still is. So the issue is not as much of the funding because a lot of police departments, to be honest, it's local government. Right. They are underfunded in terms of their operations. Right. What we want to do is stop the killings and we want to stop unfair Mm -hmm. targeting. We want to stop profiling. Those things are not directly related to funding. And I don't believe that we can even really have those conversations over social media. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. I was going to say, because you're looking at like, because I've seen good policing. So you're looking at training, you're looking yeah. at mm-hmm. mindset, you're looking at who are you hiring? Yeah. Exactly. Accountability. Exactly. Are you, are you hiring the right people? Are you providing the right tests? Are you, are you given the right languages? If somebody does do something, how are you holding them to that and making sure that these behaviors are not right. repeated? Cause I think you made a good point. It was so interesting to me, even after George, George Floyd to still see more killings. I'm like, Oh, so did we not learn? Right. From, like, and there I say this, but yeah. that's why if I were a racist governor or I'll say mayor, because that's like a state, more of a local position than governor. Yeah. But if I were a racist governor or if I were a governor who didn't really care about, and this is just me knowing or having the background the, from where I've worked. Knowing the avenues. But if I were yeah. a mm-hmm. racist mayor or if I were a mayor who just really didn't care, didn't have time for this and was just, I would honestly have gotten my press and my communications people, my community outreach people. We would have had CNN, everybody out there, and I would have defunded <laughs> the police. 
would have mm. let y'all have y'all defunded. <laughs> yeah. And I would have yeah. made a whole to do about it. I would have raised my profile nationally because I would have been a leader. And then I would have went back to business mm-hmm. as usual because nothing yeah, would have right. changed. Right. Because to do the real work, it's easy to take some money away from something. I'm not saying like doing a city's budget isn't taking right. work. Right. It, it's easier to move some dollars from to play Tetris with then some money. People. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's, e- it's easy to pull your allowance versus telling you, hey, you did right. something bad right. and we have mm-hmm. to give you just punishment right. in relation to that. So you right. know right. that that is not something that's right. okay. It's easy to say, I'm going to take you $10 away right. and mm-hmm. you just got to sit there and pout. Right. But it's much harder and takes a lot more energy and responsibility on your part to say now we're going to talk this out mm-hmm. we're going to figure right. it out we're going to correct right. this action and see where the actual you know head of the beast of this right. action is that's so crazy. i think like i'm yeah. really happy to see like a lot of the young people who maybe they don't know everything but they're still jumping in the games trying to run for office or yeah. some of the older people like maxine waters or john lewis who we knew yeah. or were really about it are still there and, and maybe looking like they're wanting to mentor people but um, another thing I think that's wrong with government is like, which this isn't to say anything to anybody who's studied politics or government, because you are valued and all of our experiences are relevant. But we need more people in government aside from the people who study government no. and politics, yeah. <laughs> because I love yeah. y'all. But all y'all people who study government and politics, y'all ain't never taken an accounting or economics class. Do y'all know anything about money or finances? Because y'all got to do the city budget <laughs> next year or <laughs> all y'all people who are out here trying to uh, draft education policy. Well, have you worked in a school? Have you ever been a teacher? Mm. Have you had teachers in your family? Do you know the difference between a private yeah. school and a public school, a charter the school? Operational, right. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand yeah. the operational impacts of the things that you're doing? Right. Or are you just following or are you theory? Because it's just like right. when, you're, when you're studying sociology, like there is a massive difference in between the numbers that you can produce based on mm-hmm. your research mm-hmm versus the actual experiences that you have so you can say only three percent of a certain population is impacted by something but that three percent is still everyday working people who are having to do that i mean it's just like with COVID, for example we literally it's it's not a large percentage of people who of the population of the united states who are getting COVID, and it's a much smaller number of people who are dying from COVID, right. but that doesn't take away that this is a pandemic and that it is impacting how we are doing things. Right. So right. I think that's very important. Right. And I think a lot of people, um, I, I'll just say this real quick, but uh, one another thing that I really want to see more of is more Black. So people always focus on the elected official because that's mm-hmm. just what you see. And if you don't work in the space, you don't really have time to go into detail. You know, a good analogy would be if you're watching, we talked about Beyonce earlier. So if you're not yeah. a musician or a singer and you're not really into that in that particular way where you're doing it, you're going to notice Beyonce and that's it. But if you're really into that space, you're going to notice the background singers. Yeah. You're going to know their names. You're going to yeah. know who the musicians are. You may even know the choreographer and the set designer, right? Because that's the space. The you're going to know the producers. You're going to really know it intimately. Yep. So to understand politics intimately, like, you know, to understand who the staffers are, because elected officials, they're just really figureheads. Bless them, but they're yeah. not really doing the work work. The work. They're telling yeah. their workers what to do, right? So they are important, but they're not doing the work. So even to get more uh, people of, who have varied life experiences and backgrounds in those positions where they're hiring more Black people, more women, 
more people who speak two and three languages who understand why that type of perspective is important or more LGBTQ Mm -hmm. people or more people who have been exposed to different types of things. Because those are the people who are advising the elected officials. Those are the people who are... um, Elected officials don't know everything. They're people just like us. And you should be surprised how little they know. I mean, they know a lot as compared to people who work maybe in business or in education or in fashion just because they live in this space. But comparatively, what you think they know versus what they actually know is not that much (laughs) of a difference. right? They know (laughs) more than you because they work in this space 60 hours a week. But from what you think (laughs) that they know... You could get in their job and run with them if you really wanted to. So to that point, like even getting like, you know, black lawyers matter. Like they do. I feel that T-shirt because I work in the spaces with a lot of white lawyers and there aren't necessarily a lot of black lawyers, even in a place like D.C. So I can only imagine what my dear home state of Georgia looks like, you know, who's writing the laws in the legal language down there. (laughs) So this isn't it's not a political like law issue, but I follow this lawyer who's really into movies Mm -hmm. and he was talking about as a lawyer for entertainers, he was writing a contract and how he wrote it so that his black woman entertainer Mm -hmm. received funding or got to choose who did her hair and her makeup Mm -hmm. because of how impactful that is. And it's something That that, nobody thinks about if you are not somebody who understands the plight of just like hair within the entertainment industry. So to your point, it's super important to have black lawyers, black lawyers from various backgrounds or black Mm -hmm. staffers from various backgrounds, because as a middle-class child, I know that I cannot tell you the plights and the issues of poorer areas of hood areas that are riddled by so many different things, you know, poor funding within schools, gang violence, you know, mm-hmm. food deserts, because I've never lived that life. And I shouldn't feel it's my responsibility to sit there and say, yeah. I know what it's like to never be able to have right. access to a vegetable or a vegetable right. garden. When I have a whole acre in the back of yard and we have a whole garden, right. you know, yeah. right. Right. I can't pretend I shouldn't pretend. Well, we know lots right. of people do. But there's even like <laughs> this is going to sound real uh you know, like I'm an airhead, but <laughs> there's like literally there's power in like having your skin color and like representation really does matter. Like yeah. I have to give yeah. kudos to my boss because the other day there was an alert. So my boss won her reelection on November 3rd. So oh, congrats. So November like 5th or something, we had a party, like, you know, a little celebration mm-hmm. and I'll yeah. just mm-hmm. make up a street or location, but say like our party was in like the 5,000 block of Purell Street. (laughs) In the 3,000 block of Purell Street. And if y'all know anything about DC's blocks, DC blocks are short. You can't walk 10 blocks and like, it's the blocks are like really short. It's not a New York block, that's for sure. So Mm -hmm. like we're in the 5,000 block and in the 3,000 block there was a crime. Well, when the crime occurred and they put out the alert, all it said was um, looking for a black male in a black jacket driving such and such car mm. in this location. And I was like, well, and that's all they said, that's right? That's you. That's me, wow. right? So there were yeah. three other black males at the party, right? So they didn't say anything about complexion. They didn't say anything about height, body type, yeah. hairstyle. Mm. Y'all, I was like, y'all just straight out here profiling. So I told my right. boss, I was like, that could have been 
either one of us. And if you were to see all yeah. of us, we don't look nothing alike. There's mm-hmm. tall, slender, mm-hmm. there's light skin and curly, like all the variations of it. And had yeah. I wore a different, had I wore the outfit that I wanted to wear, I would have been wearing all black. <laughs> and you think they would have? That's a very vague very description. Very vague description. For, so I yeah. even told my boss, um, you know, I think we need to, you know, talk about that and speak with them about that. But I brought this up to say, when you have people who are diverse and in those spaces, even though I don't, my parents, my dad always reminds us, we moved y'all to Atlanta, so y'all didn't have to grow up in the hood. And they will throw that up in our face every chance they get. But I bring that story up to say, even though I didn't grow up in the hood because my parents, you know, moved us out, <laughs> those policing things yeah. still affect me. Because even though I have education, yeah. Yeah. even though I, in theory, can enter exactly. spaces, I'm still black at the end of the day. And those police yeah. officers may or may yeah. not, depending on what I'm wearing, depending on if my hair is cut or not. Even getting dressed can be a little traumatizing sometimes because I have to make sure I present myself yeah. in a way. I can't just walk out the house comfortable yeah. like Billy yeah. can yeah. do <laughs> or like Sarah yeah. can. But even yeah. having staffers in the positions who are close to that pushes equity a little bit because I've had um, you know, a white colleague at one point just casually mention DC is doing a police reform commission thing right now. So they're working on trying to make sure the police accountability and stuff is greater is fair. And my white colleague kind of was just like, oh, man, this is boring. And I was just thinking to myself, mm. you know, you can say it's boring because you will never be that right. black male in a black jacket with no description. You will never be the vague description that right. is yeah. posted up <laughs> to say we are looking for this suspect. Right. So yeah. how, yeah. and I told him and, that. I said, how wonderful it is for you to say it's boring while I'm over here, like, looking and listening because this actually affects yeah. me. <laughs> right. Because so, there, there are two parts to that because even if, their description is that vague the approach that they have with you is not the same that they would have with me yep and then also with such a vague description when they do and if they do stop me they're not asking me if i have a master's right. <laughs> like none of that matters did the you steal of, like the color well, of my you skin tell me no. exactly. <laughs> right like where, like are you actually do you live like the color of my skin is what takes precedent when yep. you are stopped then it's a comp oh hey right. sir how are right. you you know, I, are you having a good night right. tonight? And it's a completely different interaction. Exactly. Yep. So for that to be born for you, you have not experienced yeah. these things. And I mean, it's not problematic, but it's kind of problematic. It's so problematic, especially in a town where you have all of these colleges and universities. There are going to yes. be black men walking around everywhere. all kinds of places everywhere. Right. So you can't be so cavalier right. and act like you, you don't care. So, so yeah, having more women and more black folks and more just minorities in general who are sensitive to these types of things do or will, you know, push things greater. And yeah, I think that's something that has to happen. I think we may have time for one more question. So go for it. I'm kind of, I'm torn between the two, but I really, I want to end it. We can work with... it all into one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually, let me, I think I can do that. So the elections in Georgia, the runoffs in Georgia are coming up very soon. And you are volunteering to go down there and to help with the runoffs. If you are not aware, there are two seats that have opposing runoffs, so Democrat and Republican, and they are up for a revote, if you will, mm-hmm. to determine who will actually gain a seat because the margin was so low, it met the, the law, it triggered the law that said that they have to have a runoff. So just to be aware. And so you had mentioned going down there to help support the efforts that are going on. So I kind of wanted to, as somebody who grew up there majority of your life and who, you know, 
at some point decided that politics were going to be how you contributed back to the community. What are some things that everyday people, regular, regular folks, the people who are listening to this podcast can do to sort of trigger the change that they want to see in the world? Like what are, are things that we can do to make sure that we are helping support your efforts, helping better understand what's going on and, and just, you know, the feeling, the sense that you're getting as you're about to go to Georgia and help support keeping Georgia blue, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think if anything, this election, just, you know, based on all the things that CNN was saying, like the numbers this year are higher. So we have more people vote in this election than we did like in previous elections. Mm-hmm. So I think the best thing people can do for themselves and for the efforts and just in general is really civic engagement and civic education educating Mm -hmm. yourselves about how civics really work and then getting involved. So what that looks like is, I think, well, not that either one really comes first, but doing small things like uh, filling out community surveys, like the census when they come around Mm -hmm. and then understanding. And as these things come up, understanding why they're important. So like understanding how the census will affect your public schools or your local metro system or or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. So getting involved in those things, really understanding like who's running for office and doing your best to understand why this person is running and why they may or may not be the best candidate. Because ultimately, it's not just one event that is going to make something all good. It's the collective efforts over time. It's, the, mm-hmm. it's that, uh, that end result of what we do over time, collectively, that cohesiveness, how it all builds and comes together. So what that looks like is basically, you know, and, and they talked about this when uh, President Obama was in office, how he was a Democratic mm-hmm. president, but he had a Republican Congress, right? People didn't do their jobs mm-hmm. of making sure that they also got out, not in large part, right? Some people, of course, did, but mm-hmm. Democrats were really sleeping in those midterms during President Obama's presidency yeah. and didn't make sure that he had a Democratic Congress to work with. But a lot of people also didn't even know what it meant to have a Democratic Congress to work with. They yeah. didn't have that context. Right. So really understanding how you just have to cover all the bases. So participate in every election and every midterm, voice your opinions about what's going on and not be afraid to have conversations with the opposing side, I think are just the biggest things because uh, whether we like it or not, you know, these other people who may be against us are still here too. And this is still Mm -hmm. their country and they still have rights. And anytime we do something that doesn't please them, they're going to retaliate. And likewise, when they do things we don't like, we're going to retaliate. So in order for us to really stop warring and killing each other, we got to work together. That doesn't mean that we have to give up any part of ourselves. Maybe we'll agree that, you know, we're going to take this side and y'all take that side and we just not going to come together. Right. I'm not promoting segregation, yeah. but I'm just saying that <laughs> we need to have an understanding of who we are yeah. and who they are. And we just have to kind of, uh, and really yeah. understand how the processes work so that way we can show up to conversations with thoughtful things to contribute and show up to conversations mm-hmm. with knowledge so that way we know what we're demanding and we know how we want it, right? I don't just want breakfast. I want my eggs scrambled with cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you go to Waffle House, you want them, those hash browns, smothered, smothered covers, covered. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you got to show up to politics like you show up to Waffle House. You really do. You got to know exactly how you want what you want. Some people know that they want plasticware versus hardware. Like you have to know all of these things. But to know all of that, you got to know what's yeah. available and just really start to... Uh, yeah, so I think maybe I'm beating a dead horse, but I think that's the key. Right. As you learn more, it will inspire you to do more and organize more. Right. I think that that's an amazing place to end. And thank you so thank much you. 
for participating in this and keeping it real with us and, you know, letting our regular, regular folks listen in on what's going on. So, Emmanuel, yeah. thank you so much for being our first Woo. guest Woo. And, <laughs> and really showing up and showing out. We, we yes. love it. Thank you. all We appreciate it. I, do we want to kind of end on good affirmations? And then yeah, let's do that. Do that. you want to explain what that is for you? Yeah. So, E, so we try to, again, we are a podcast about feelings. We like <laughs> to acknowledge just, you know, it requires us to really affirm the things that we want to do in this world. Uh, and so we try to end with sometimes regular, regular affirmations of just being just regular, regular girls trying to make it or, you know, something to say that we are going to get something that we have no clue what that looks like. So with that, I wanted to know if you have an affirmation you want to share with our team. It could be related to politics. Yeah. It cannot be related to politics. I need politics. to see an example first. You so when do y'all go first? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you got one? You got one ready, Mike? I can, I can come up one. Um, so for affirmations, I really want everybody to be safe. Mm-hmm. I want everybody mm-hmm. to be aware of the things that are going on. Change does not come overnight. It requires diligence and it requires patience and it requires you being willing to really want to see the change more than you're willing to let the hardships take over. So I'm affirming with everybody that, you know, we stay positive in a world that sometimes is very bleak and that we continue to grow as a nation, as a people, as black people, as people of color, as indigenous people, as, you know, LGBT plus people. And we just, you know, are safe as we make that growth. Mine is going to be very similar. My affirmation is just blissful happiness for you all. I know I feel like for the for majority of the year, we've been focusing on the election, we've been focusing on mm-hmm. what this change is going to look like. But I do think that at times we need to just maybe take a step back and just look at our lives and just like appreciate where each of us are individually and where we stand. And then also just recognizing the the joys that come with just being on this earth. So, you know, as we are approaching our holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that, good stuff, and anything else that you may celebrate in between, just taking that time and we are in a new world. So you may not be able to spend time with your family like you like you used to, but still taking that time to recognize the greatness that is of life, which is yeah. which is beautiful. Yeah. So I guess E, do you think Yeah. Guess My I'm... affirmation is that I hope that everybody, despite all the craziness that was this year, COVID and protests and everything, and working from home trying not to mm-hmm. kill anybody who may also be working from the same home. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, child, that's real life. That is real life. <laughs> I hope that uh, everybody really, I'm not going to use the term New Year's resolutions because New Year's resolutions kind of die, but I hope that everybody starts to think about like the deeper meaning of the types of lives that they really want to live and lead in this world and that they start those like now. Mm. That they start slow and steady so that they can keep the momentum going and keep the momentum building so that they don't get discouraged, but that they can scrape their knees and their elbows and uh, not, you know, get turned away because they see a little bit of blood, but they keep crawling and yeah. eventually start yeah. to run or walk and then run and, and then soar. So that's my 
affirmation is that everybody oh, find cool. their inspiration during this time and, and let it just take them to the places that they can't even imagine yet. I love it. Thank you. I Thank, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate it. And listeners, thank you all for joining us. We love you for real. And we will be back next time. (laughs) Whenever that is. (laughs) But in the meantime (laughs) and in between time, always feel free to reach out to us. Give us feedback. Join this conversation. How are you feeling about what the election has is showing up? Are you one of the states that made some progressive changes? Are you somebody who is frustrated, worried, scared, happy, elated, whatever the case may be, share that with us and we can talk about it next podcast. But until then, y'all have a great day. Thank y'all. Bye now. Bye. Bye.